Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I am that dude, Bodkins. Patty da Patty. That's ridiculous. No way. There's nobody else out there. He's your guy. Give a big round of applause for the one and only Bodkins show. I'm going to repeat that again, folks. I didn't stutter. Welcome to the Bodkins show. evening everybody welcome to another great episode of the bodkin show i am that dude bodkins of course this is our sunday night sit down show uh you know we always bring like to bring a couple guests on talk a little sports talk about their life you know things like that um before we talk bring in tonight's guest let's talk about thursday's night uh thursday if you missed it uh me and johnny had the lovely uh rep in the bay uh miss gina Back on the show, we talked all things uh, NBA playoffs, so please check that out if you missed it. Also, on the back end of the show, we talked a little to UFC and got our reactions from the uh, 287 card it was. So uh, please check that out. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we made all our NBA predictions as far as first round and, and things like that. Uh, kind of even gave out our predictions for the finals, maybe. I don't remember. I slept since then. Had a great weekend with the wife and some friends in Kansas City. Caught the UFC fights last night in Kansas City. Uh, first time seeing the events live was incredible. I'll talk all that stuff. Probably with Johnny on Thursday night. I don't want to keep our guests waiting. Uh, because we got a lot of questions to ask this guy. Like, what's Seattle going to do with the fifth round? Geno Smith, really that good? And amongst other things, what's going on in Seattle baseball? Mariners, back in the playoffs for the first time in over 20 years last year. Can they do it again? Or are we going to be another 20 years away? Who knows? Lots of questions, plus more with our special guest tonight, a man who knows all things football, all things Seattle. Welcome to the show for the very first time, Football Talk with Bo. How's it going, man? Thanks for having me on. Bo, what's up, my man? How are you doing? Uh, Hope the weekend has been great for you. Absolutely. That's why uh, I I look a little red. I got kind of sunburned, went down, uh, spent the weekend at the beach, so... Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Must be nice. Instead here in Missouri, we're, you know, we're just landlocked and just hanging out, uh, no beach and we just, uh, all need the ocean in our lives. So. Absolutely. But you got to watch some fights. So I mean, did. That's, not did. that's not bad. It is Bo. Let's, I want to back before we talk about Seattle's fifth round pick. Uh, and the reason you guys got there is because the huge trade with Russell Wilson, this about this time last off season, uh, Russ goes to Denver how surprised were you in that trade? And how surprised how bad Russ actually looked in Denver and Geno looked better? Did Seattle get the better quarterback? Yeah, so, I mean, uh, I wasn't surprised that he left. Uh, I actually thought they were going to get that deal done the year before. Um, and, you know, some of it, it was just it, from the fan base, you could see some personality clash. Um, so I thought they were going to kind of move on from there. I, nobody expected him to be that bad in Denver. Um, so, you know, way to, way to take one for the team, support the 12th one last time and give them a fifth, a fifth overall pick. I, I appreciate that. Because <laughs> I, I think if you, if you would have asked yourself at this time last year, hey, you guys, and you told your, you know, your future self, 
uh, you know, past self this year. Hey, you guys are going to have the fifth round pick. You're like, oh, shit, it's going to be a long, must have had a long season in Seattle, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, and of course, when you were watching the analysts, they were saying exactly that before the season, right? They were going to be a three-win team. I thought they were going to be a seven. Um, but, you know, coming out, getting into the playoffs is awesome. Uh, do I think Gino's that dude? Uh, the The thing that's encouraging is what he was doing is duplicatable, right? He was making smart decisions with the ball, you know, reading the defense well. So it wasn't anything that was solely reliant on being athletic. And so I, everything he did is duplicatable. Uh, hopefully he can. <laughs> I, I mean, to Gino's credit, this is the first time he actually had a, a, a real team around him, offensive weapons. He, he's never played with a guy like DK Metcalf. Uh, lock it, and even I love that Walker kid. The third, I, he's an absolute stud. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. No, Walker is. Uh, he was impressive. I mean, he was in the top ten in rushing and missed five games. So, I mean, that's amazing. Uh, and they've already done things in free agency to help that interior of the offensive line, um, and then also things on the defensive line and linebacking course. So, you should see Seattle take a, a step forward this year. It'll probably only be one extra win because they have a harder schedule now, but um, but they'll be a much better team. Harder Hard schedule, and that division's pretty tough. I think the 49ers are still probably the favorite. Uh, you, The Rams, you got to think, would bounce back a little bit, and you, you still have I, – Arizona, I think, would probably be – I would pick to be dead last. Obviously, we don't know when Kyler's coming back. Yeah, I mean – Arizona's realistically going to be last because I, I know they're they you know moving on from D Hop, which is Kyler's number one you know target. Uh, they do have a good backup quarterback though, Colt McCoy. He can go win you games. Like of all of the backups, like he he can absolutely win you some games. The Rams, on the other hand, I mean, who knows what they're going to be this year? Uh, they've basically had to shred that team because of the creative accounting they did over the last couple of years. Um, but you know, it's only dumb if it doesn't work, right? They got a ring, so you can't really fault them for it, but, uh, it's going to be a tough team to watch if you're a Rams fan. Bo, I want to ask you too about the, how did you feel with Russ getting traded? Like as a fan perspective, like how, how did you see, uh, like, how did you perceive that trade? So I, I mean, I liked it. And then obviously with the amount of return they got for it, it was a, it was an awesome trade. Uh, I liked it because again, he was trying to force his way out and the Seattle fan base doesn't really love that. Right. Uh, A-Rod did something similar. He, uh, before he went down and got that record contract with the Rangers, he, um, you know, was like, I'm the team guy. I want to be in Seattle and all of that. And then uh, as soon as big money came, he was like, deuces. And so Russ kind of went from a similar thing where he's like, yeah, I'm the, I'm the team guy. I'm the hometown guy and all of this. And then he's just like, I want out. And it's like, all right, well, it, it's fine if you want to be that guy, right? Like nobody ever complains if Charlie Sheen is doing blow and banging hookers, right? <laughs> he, he, he's upfront about it. He's like, this is what I'm going to do. And so you, you're just like, okay, fair enough. That's what you're going to do. But be yourself, be authentic, right? Yeah, exactly. But if you're going to try and be the good guy and then force your way out and kind of like, you know, not great terms. It's, yeah, no, it, it rubs people the wrong way. So I, there's not a lot of the Seattle fan base that's super sad that he went away. 
I think a lot of people, Russ rubbed the wrong. He just seems corny. I mean, that's just kind of the best guy. I mean, is that your read on him or is that what everybody in Seattle thinks? Or was there, you know. You, you definitely hear that from, from dudes that played with him. And, I mean, you, you can interpret that however you want. Um, but the, for me, it was – I was never a huge Wilson fan anyway. I, I was a defensive player, right? So the offense never really gets me, uh, gets me going. I want to see big hits. But <laughs> – so the, the thing with him is – soon as you saw him over the last few years start to bulk up and it made sense that he did that Seattle offensive line was bad. He was getting hit a lot. Uh, but because he started to bulk up, he was no longer that elusive guy anymore. And he still had pretty decent straight line speed, but he wasn't doing pirouettes to get away from defensive ends anymore. So he was getting sacked a lot. And then you also watched him start believing his own hype on being the best moon ball thrower in the league, right? It's what they would call him. And so you saw him start using his checkdowns and his tight ends less. And he didn't like his using his tight ends a ton anyway. But really, it was a home run ball or he's scrambling. Uh, a lot of our checkdown throws really just never became a thing anymore. So it, it just wasn't really a good fit. And you could see it kind of coming apart over the last couple of years. Um. Was there a rift there between him and Pete Carroll then? Like, is it, were there problems there? Because you said he kind of left on, on not so good terms. Yeah, I mean, if you if you saw any of those press conferences that, you know, the offseason, you know, they, they were taking jabs at each other. And when, you're, when you listen to some of the other guys that were on that team, they, especially some of the defensive guys like Sherman and stuff, they were, they were basically saying, yeah, he – he basically ended up with a different set of rules than the rest of us, even though they felt like he didn't really carry them to that Super Bowl, right? That the defense controlled a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right. But not to say that he isn't a great player. He's an absolute Hall of Famer. He set most of Seattle's records. I mean, he's an elite dude. Uh, and I would you imagine he's a Hall of Famer. He will be. He will be. You, think about it this way. Eli Manning is going to get in. Eli's got two, though. He's got two. Russ went to two and has better stats. <laughs> because I, 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 I don't know if Eli really gets in. Like, that's the thing. Eli was like a mediocre quarterback, you know, so minus those two years. Why Eli gets in for no other reason than they beat the undefeated Patriots in the Super Bowl. Because at the end of the day, it's a voting game. It's not solely stats or anything. And everybody was like, how to the Patriots. <laughs> yeah. So it was, uh, no, uh, 100%. He, he gets in because of that ring alone. Even if that was the only ring he had and had all the rest of the same stats, which, let's be honest, aren't great. But if he has that ring, he gets in. Uh, His last name's Manning, I think, too, right? So that might have a little help to it. Doesn't hurt. <laughs> I don't know if Russ is a Hall of Famer. I mean, he'd have to really hurt his legacy this year to put that. Last year was close to it. It was, it was. But see, the the thing is, is he has a nice comeback this year. They get to blame that whole thing on Hackett, which is it's BS, right? Like, I mean. He's out there. He's the one out there throwing the ball and not completing passes. But at the end of the day, 
if he has a bad year and then immediately bounces back, all of that is scapegoat on Hackett. And so, you know, it, that year could get washed under the table altogether. If he struggles this year, then you start having a real question because you know that Sean Payton has complete autonomy, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, autonomy to bench Wilson, get rid of him, whatever, right? Because the new ownership, they want to win. So uh, this year is going to be very interesting to watch for, you know, that. I, I somewhat agree uh, on that situation. I don't know if they can get rid of him uh, just due to the fact that that contract is so big. Like that's they owe him a shit ton of money for a lot of years. They do, they do. But I mean, you know, some of those, um, some of those guys are, you know, if they go get a rookie quarterback or something like that that they don't have to pay, they may go the. Eagles Carson Wentz route where they just eat $44 million for him to go somewhere else. Um, you know, that might be, uh, it, he, he definitely wouldn't have it happen this, this next, you know, coming year, obviously they got to see what it is. So he probably has at least two, two years. Uh, and if he's bad in both of those, then they, they may sit him down because they'll have another high draft pick. Um, it wouldn't be next year either. Cause they gave up a draft pick for Sean Payton. But after that, if they're still bad, I, you, they may, you know, demote him, even if they don't punt him, right? Yeah, that's a lot of money to to give out to a, a backup quarterback. Uh, but you're kind of right there. I think, you know, Sean Payton will make that choice. And he's already said, hey, Team 3, pretty much get the fuck out of here. Like, yes. we're doing the Sean Payton way. We're not the Team 3 way. And I don't think Hackett had – the demeanor or the resume, right? He didn't have the resume to sell to tell them to get the fuck up out of there. No, exactly. Well, and I mean, it, it sent it sent some of the wrong messages anyway, because you know they they gave him the the office, right? Which yeah, whatever, who cares? But if it was on like the second floor, right? That'd be one thing. But they gave him an office on the executive floor, and it's like. What are you What are you telling your coaches if your quarterback is up there on the executive floor, and your coach is still you know down there? It, it, I don't know. It, it sends the wrong messages. It says that your quarterback is more important than literally the entire rest of the team. Um, that's not great in the locker room. That's not great for coaching. Uh, it, you know, it, 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 huge mi- misstep as far as I'm concerned. I, I, let's, I want to switch focus back to your team, uh, Gino. Had we kind of talked a little about Gino. You talked about a little bit their offseason moves. What do they do with that fifth round, that fifth overall pick then? And they have another pick later in the draft. What would you like to see them do with those two first round picks? More importantly, that fifth round pick. I think the kid Richardson is the perfect fit there for you guys. If he falls to five, uh, he can sit behind Gino for a year or two. Now, Gino said he's capable of, you know, teaching that youngster how to how to be a, a professional and be a quarterback. Uh I liked it. I, hey, sitting behind Gino for two years, you got the time. You have the, you know, you're not paying Gino a lot of money after that two years. Hey, Richardson, this is your team. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Uh, if he falls to five, absolutely right because that means Arizona didn't trade out and they probably took Will Anderson. Um, so yeah, then you have Ar 
at five. They pick him up. He has a huge athletic upside. You know, he's got that Cam Newton size. So if they can work with him to get his accuracy better, uh, you know, and it's not uncommon for a quarterback to come in and have to work on that. Josh Allen is a prime example of that, right? Like his accuracy that first year was not great, but over the last couple of years has gotten way better. So if he can sit behind Gino, who is, you know, the ultimate professional in that way, uh, makes good decisions on the field, knows how to read a defense. So if he can bring that along to uh, Richardson, yeah, I mean, that would be an amazing fit. And then they have their guy for the future. Gino's contract is super team friendly. There's outs after each year. Um, you know, it, that would be an amazing fit. Now, if somebody jumps up and goes and gets him, that means Will Anderson drops to five. And uh, man, talk about a beast to have on your defensive line. Yeah, and that's, a, you know, that that's the young Seattle defense is building. I, I loved, uh, I didn't feel like Tyreek, uh, is it Tariq Wolin? Uh, I didn't feel like he got enough uh, love. Everybody always want to talk about sauce, but uh, Wolin had just as good, just as good as a uh, rookie year. Yeah, he did. He had an amazing rookie year. It actually had more, uh, more picks than sauce and uh, also a couple of fumble recoveries. But, uh, you know, that's the difference between it being on national TV all, uh, all year and, you know, having two, uh, primetime games of the whole season. Yeah. Well, I mean, they just aren't on primetime TV either. Just, they're just New York media. So everybody wanted to hype them up. And I mean, when a guy's name's like sauce, it's just easier to, you know, kind of say, yep. Yep. Uh, what, who would you like to see then take on that later pick? The, what was it? The mid twenties that you guys have? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously that depends a lot on, what your first pick is, right? So if if you're not um, if you're not going to get a quarterback in the first, then you probably pick up a um, like a Miles Murphy, something like that, right? Um, and then if they do get Will Anderson, then you know if even still, if Miles Murphy is still there, probably a guy like that or um, like a Nolan Smith, something something like that, because that defensive line got absolutely brutalized all year. And so even though they added a couple of free agents, if they could get some depth there would be huge because everybody ran on the Hawks. If they don't take the quarterback at five, uh, I, I think Hendon Hooker would be a nice fit, right? Coming off the – another guy that needs some time, injury just from the ACL – uh, but you know, let him recover for that gives him a year to recover and sit behind Gino. And I think, like, I think you can get your quarterback in that first round, no matter who it is, if you want it. I, I like both Hendon Hooker and uh Richardson if they can sit for you. I don't like either one to happen to like come out week one and happen to start. I don't, I don't like that idea, but I yeah. think that having Gino there and him being that ultimate, like you said, the ultimate professional and bridge gap guy, um, I, and him playing the best football he played last year and we'll see how he does this year. I, uh, I think that would be a good fit for them. Yeah. I mean, the good thing about, you know, Hendon hooker is you can probably actually get him in the second round. I don't, there's, there's a lot of, teams. there is, but there's some teams that, you know how it is. And especially with the quarterback, there's that people reach on guys and the guys go around earlier than what they're supposed to. It, it definitely can't, especially with quarterbacks. Right. I mean, they, it, guys will absolutely overreach for a quarterback. You could have a second round grade on a guy and he's going in the first round. I mean, that's just how it is with quarterbacks. 
It, it's true. It's true. It, uh, you know, I think the only thing that kind of changes away from that a little bit is how many quarterback free agents there are, you know, this year. So there was a lot of movement. Um, and there's a lot of really good line talent that most of the teams kind of need because the lines really haven't been great over the last few years uh, in the draft. So I, I think you're going to see a lot of defensive line guys go in that first round that ordinarily you would see quarterbacks go in. Um, I, I, I think Hooker could be a late first, early second kind of kind of pickup. That's why I think he makes sense in that mid twenties where you guys are going to be drafting at. Uh, I don't know your exact pick there on that on that twenty. I think it's actually twenty. Twenty. Okay, so twenty. If he went twenty, I think that's kind of a decent, you know, because he's not going to be there when you draft in this. I guess maybe you don't have. Do you, do you guys have Denver's second round pick too? That we do. Yeah. So you guys could. I get if he falls there, that would be perfect for him. Well, and that's kind of what I was thinking is you could potentially pick him up with that first second round pick. Um, because yeah, they have Denver's first round and Denver's second round. So they have two firsts, two seconds. I could see them actually moving back off of 20 and picking up a couple of third round picks, um, and go from like 20 to 25, just because Seattle loves to trade back a first round pick. So I could see them maybe trading back if they think a high value guy is still going to be there a couple picks later and then pick up a couple of thirds or a third and a fourth because they only have one third round and they only have one, uh, one fourth round. So I could see them maybe trying to supplement those middle round guys because most of uh, Seattle's top talent's been in those rounds. Yeah, and they've been drafting pretty well. It took a while, I think, I think to uh, find that running back. But like I mentioned earlier, I think Walker's the guy that – it's his backfield now, right? Like uh, Penny's gone, everybody else is kind of gone. Yeah, you know, and you knew Penny was going to go. Uh, he hasn't been made it through an entire season his whole career. Uh, his last three years combined, he had 18 starts. Uh, so just a, a crazy amount of energy, uh, injuries. So you knew he was going to go. I'm glad the Eagles picked him up. He's a good dude. He runs hard, dynamic runner, uh, just happens to be a little bit brittle. So going there with one of the best offensive lines in the league and then also not being – the featured back, right? He's a change of pace back there. I think that'll be a really good fit for him and potentially resurrect his career. But that absolutely gives Walker that backfield because then he's there with the compliment of, you know, DJ Dallas and Homer and, you know, so it, that that's his backfield for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah old man sports, sports he said uh, he would take Hendon Hooker before Richardson. He, he is a more polished passer without a doubt. And if he didn't get hurt, he would definitely be graded higher. Um, obviously, you don't know what his throwing mechanics are going to look like post-ACL. I mean, it shouldn't really change, but you never know, right? Some people, that injury wipes them out. And that's why you see him drop so far down the board. Obviously, the thing with Richardson is – his accuracy is one of the issues. And so can he learn from that? Awesome. But if you can't, then you wasted another first round pick. <laughs> yeah. And then you might be Trey Lance area, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you said something uh, earlier. Uh, you you played football. You, you said you played the defensive style. Yeah. 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 So I, I played arena ball um, and then I played uh, semi-pro as well. Won a ring uh, playing semi-pro. 
So I uh, I played football yeah, yeah, yeah. until I was thirty. Yeah. How did, how did you always been a football guy? Oh yeah, yeah. How did how did, uh, how did that come about as a kid? Just or, or what? Yeah, I always loved the sport, and of course, uh, you know, I I'm an '80s kid, so I grew up watching uh, you know guys like Steve Largent and stuff. So um, yeah, it was uh, I always loved football. It was uh, always my number one sport, and uh, I was fast. Um, so it, uh, but I, but I'm not tall, right? So my five ten doesn't make me a uh, super desirable receiver. But I ran a you know four three four forty. So you know you weren't gonna outrun me. <laughs> I run about uh, ten ten. So you know you're about <laughs> quite quite a bit faster than me, Bo. Well, I'm uh, 40 now, so I'm slow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're probably still faster than me. I'm uh, 36. So, uh, did you go to college and play then? No, I went. Uh, I went from high school to uh, semi pro. Yeah. Dang! How did that talk to me? How did that happen? Um. So it actually came about because a um, a coworker of my uh, ex wife. Um, was a coach. And so they were, they were talking and he's like, Oh yeah, come, come try out. And so I went and tried out and, uh, you know, made, uh, made the team. And then we, uh, we went on to win a, a national championship in 09. And then from there, um, yeah, I got to play some arena ball in the, uh, AI, uh, AIFA, uh, which is unfortunately a league that went bankrupt while I was there. Uh, <laughs> but, it, you know, it was fun. It was fun. Did you know, I talking about the wide receiver or were you playing defense? What were you playing? I, I was playing defense. I was playing defense. because what, what position? So in uh, like traditional football, I was a corner. Uh, uh -huh. In arena, I was a J-back, which is essentially a uh, like a linebacker. Um, and... The, the thing that's unique about the rules for arena is in arena, a couple of the receivers get a move pre-snap so they can be running to the line mm -hmm. and the defense is set. So for me, they wanted my speed to be able to cover the entire width of the arena as soon as the ball snapped because they could run a little out and nobody's allowed to move to go and cover them. So there's, there's plenty of, open plays, which is why whenever you see arena football scores, they're always insane is because they're moving. The defense isn't. And not only do you not know where they're running, but they get a head start. So yeah, uh, it, not very, really fair game there. Not at all. Not at all. So it, uh, you definitely end up with some really high scores. It was, it was really funny going into my first game because I, had a decent grasp of the rules, but you know, I'd played normal football for my entire life. So I figured I'm going to go out there and get a flag for sure. Cause you know, I'm just going to forget something dumb. And <laughs> so I, on the second play, I stripped the ball, returned it 20 yards. And I was like, you know what? I got this. <laughs> hey, there you go. Hey, just hey, like a, a duck in the water, just right back to it. Yep. So what team were you on the arena league? Uh, the Ogden Knights. So out of Utah. Yeah. Okay. okay. And, and then you said you played for uh, another league. What league was that again? And what team? Uh, so I played, um, it was the CFL, it's Cascade Football League. And then um, the division was, um, it's, I think it was like the 
Western Western Conference, basically. Um, and so I played for a couple different teams within that league. I played for the Jaguars and then the Ravens. Um, the Ravens are who we won with. And so we ended up with a trip down to Vegas to play for that championship. You guys win. We did. We did. I got a cool ring. Then the then the league just uh, went bankrupt. Well, the Arena League did. Uh, Semi pro okay. around. Semi pro star. Okay. The, yep. So the original that was the original Arena League, like uh, Kurt Warner, Iowa Barnstormers Arena League. No, so that was the AFL. So that was okay. just Arena Football League. So this was uh -huh. the AIFA. So it was like a a lower lower version of that league. Okay. Um, and then there was also the IFL that some of my buddies played in. Um, which was indoor football league that that league is still around but um teams have kind of come and gone unfortunately arena football just they don't sell enough tickets um you know you're playing in an ice arena and so even the big stadiums are what four thousand people maybe um so it's it's hard to fund an entire league off of something like that uh but as a player especially on defense it's awesome because you know, you have turf over the ice, right? So it's it's not insane or anything, but the glass is down. So if somebody's running and out, and if you're a defensive player that likes to hit people, you can launch them straight into the stands, which is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> was there a guy that you were just talking shit like, hey, I got you? You know, I, I was never really one to talk. Uh, yeah. Most people tried to talk to me because they assumed I was going to be slow. And so... Wait, wait. I would just white boy out there run. Hey, white boys ain't we ain't fast, Bo. Yeah, that that's exactly what they <laughs> be like. Oh, hot route! I got this kid, and it's like, yeah. Hey, let's see what you got. Uh, but you know, again, I'm I'm only five ten, but I could jump like I could dunk a basketball, right? And so you weren't gonna outrun me, and the odds of you out jumping me was super low. So it's just like, yeah, okay. Talk all you want. And uh, so, you know, after game handshakes were always, always hilarious because, you know, most of those guys come up and be like, now nah, you're fast, though. <laughs> <laughs> you got the you got the ring. Did you guys know that the did they give you guys like a, a warning that the, the league was going to disband or like they just quit cutting paychecks or what? How'd that work out? Yeah, they, uh, they so teams just started dropping out. Um, and you don't really make any real money in those anyway. Um, you know, it paid for your, your travel and food and that was, yeah. that was like, you still had to have a job. Like you, yeah. you, you weren't making any money that was, you know, that, that mattered. <laughs> like <laughs> just for fun. I mean, it's really just for fun, right? Like more or less. Yeah. I mean, you could have yeah. made the same money in a paper route. Like it wasn't, uh, wasn't anything super cool. <laughs> Hey, you got to play. That's some. Hey, you got to play a professional sport for you know that a lot of people can't say that they they've done. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And how did you come up then with a uh, football talk with Bo, and how did that happen? Well, I, I spent the bulk of my career in um, automotive, and so I, I worked on cars, and then I ended up owning a HVAC company also. Um, but basically, I just. I worked every second of my life, um, and uh, I, I really got away from the sport that I loved. And so I wanted to find my way back to football in a way that made me happy, which is talking to guys like you who love the sport. Um, and so I just enjoy being around the sport and 
people that love the sport as opposed to a job that I just, you know, continuously kick my own ass. So <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it, it just something a little bit uh, more fun, I guess. Hey, hey amen to that. that. Amen to that. Uh, you just, uh, is it just football only? You get into anything else or you just, we just talking ball there? Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I focus a lot on football because obviously that's, I have a lot of knowledge for the game. Um, but, uh, you know, it, I'm a sports fan. So I, I watch the Mariners, um, you know, it, so, some of this gray shit right here is because they've been <laughs> so bad for 20 years. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it, it was awesome to see them get into the postseason this last year. They got close a couple of times, but mostly they've been, you know, the league's triple A team, really. Like they bring a guy along and then we trade him away and then he'd win a ring somewhere else. It's super frustrating as a fan. So <laughs> Hey, try being a Cubs fan, Bo. Try being a Cubs oh, fan. We got one though. You finally got one. We did. We did. I mean, it took what a hundred and eight years or whatever, but yeah. But you got the thing. Uh, you know, we haven't been around that long, but, uh, I mean, we, we've only been to the, uh, what the ALD or ALCS, what twice. And, uh, both times, I think we lost, um, I think we lost to the Yankees once and, uh, I forget who we lost the other one to, but was it the twins or somebody like that? I think early on it was, it was something like that. Yeah. Um, cause we snuck by the Yankees in an earlier round. We're like, Oh yeah, here we go. And then we're like, Oh, just kidding. We, uh, we blew our load on that one. Yeah. <laughs> so it, uh, but yeah, no, it, unfortunately it's been, uh, a lot of missing the playoffs or, you know, one and done. Even when we tied the league record for wins, we were one and done first round. And yep. Last time we went to the playoffs in outside of last year. And, you know, it's disheartening when your losing streak is old enough to have a beer with you. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. I, the, they got a good team this year. I think that they're a team that can make the uh, make a deep run into the playoffs. You know, it. it's funny because I was I, I have a Mariners show tomorrow morning. And so I, I was writing some stats down and they are really disappointing. <laughs> so it's one week, it's two, two weeks into the season. It don't mean oh, shit. It's a marathon. You know that. Oh, for sure. For sure. It's uh, you know, it's one of those way too early, you know, freak out sessions, but when you're looking at it, their batting average, uh, almost every meaningful stat they're in the, like the bottom third of the league. Right now, granted they played playoff teams, uh, you know, outside of playing the Rockies right now, they they were playing playoff teams to start the season. So, I mean, you got to take some of that with, you know, they played the Guardians twice already, and they were, what, 92 or 94 win team last year. Yeah. So, I mean, they have a good team. But we have five pitchers that have a eight or higher ERA. That uh, doesn't inspire a ton of confidence because two of them are starters. <laughs> and then – um, our batting averages are really bad, but somehow our on-base percentage is, is one of the better ones in the league. So it, at least they're still getting runs in. I mean, they're top 10 in, in scoring somehow, despite not having good batting averages. I'm not quite sure how those numbers work. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I, so I follow that. Obviously, it's uh, also really cool to see the Kraken getting into the playoffs. 
Uh, it's our new NHL team. It's their second year. And they were a bottom, I think they were bottom four last year. And they own the first wild card spot in the playoffs this year. So, I mean, that's a huge turnaround for that team. Um, that's Seattle's a sports crazed town when the teams are really good. Those, the fans uh, pack. I mean, obviously the Seahawks are sold out no matter what. Uh, the 12th man's the Mariners when they're good, the fans, and then now uh, the Kraken and hopefully someday the Sonics will come back. Man. Right. That's uh, I'm still bitter about that. Not going to lie. Uh, most of the season I'm like, yeah, I don't care about the NBA. And then the playoffs come, and I'm like, ah, I got to watch the playoffs, though. Yeah, right. But, right. Um, I, I think that Seattle will end up getting a team back because the NBA's TV contract comes up in two years, and they're really wanting to put a team in Vegas. So if – and, you know, with an expansion, you can't just add one. I think if – when they restructure their TV deal, they do an expansion, it'll be Vegas and Seattle getting teams. I agree. I think they got to go back to Seattle. They should have never left. Uh, it'd have been fun to see like Kevin Durant and those Thunder teams that were really good be in Seattle and how. And I'm not saying Thunder fan like Thunder fans are really good too in Oklahoma, you know. But something about Seattle and the see uh, the Sonics just you know the the old school green jersey with the the um, whatever that thing is that you guys got out there. The uh, oh, the Space Needle. Yeah, the Space Needle on the jersey and Sean Camp and Gary Payton, like uh, that. Those were some fun teams that you know. And when the Sonics were good, they packed it. Would have been fun to see like Durant and Westbrook and Harden and and lead that team to the NBA Finals. And who knows what would have happened? Yeah, I mean, we did get, we did at least get to see uh, Durant in a Sonics jersey. He got to play there for what a year or two before they moved. I think one year, maybe. Yeah. I know it was at least one, so yeah, yeah, it had just been one, but uh, but yeah, so at least we got to see that, that was cool, but uh, yeah, no, it's it, it's frustrating. I'm super happy that uh, Oklahoma City never won because uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's there's that saltiness coming out, right? <laughs> Are you uh, you, you said you weren't like a, 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 a shit talker really on the field, were you like an X and O's guy or just like a feel guy? Um, so I, I would watch, I would watch tape, um, because I like to see tendencies, uh, how did you get the tape if you guys weren't on broadcast, like how did that work out? Um, so usually teams had people filming. I so gotcha. I gotcha. We usually had somebody there. Um, and then like arena ball was on TV. It was on ESPN, yeah. but, um, but yeah, usually you could find some tape, uh, or at least find some tape of the guy that you think you're going to line up against. Uh, just because, again, you wanted to see if a guy would kind of cheat a route or whatever, um, you know, because at the end of the day on defense, you're at a disadvantage, right? The receiver knows where he's going. If the quarterback is good, a perfect ball is going to beat perfect defense every time, right? And so if you can find little tells from guys, whether they they lean away or they they like to break down in a certain way to make a cut – it changes how it is you react to a play. So it could go from them ending up with separation to they got to throw a ball away. So I did like to watch some tape, um, you know, whenever it was available. But at the end of the day, football is a feel sport. I mean, you got you to gotta see what it is. You can have all the information in the world, but as soon as you step on the field, 
you kind of have to react to whatever's in front of you. It, and how to make you feel, you know, hey, when they were talking that shit and you were just like, hey, I got you, motherfucker. Like, hey, I'm I'm petty, so I'd be like, hey, I got you. Like, oh, you think I'm slow? I got you. You think you, you're going to, you know what I mean? Like, how'd that make you feel? Because uh, I probably would, I would have been talking shit. I'm not, I'm the opposite of you, Bo. I'm probably talking a mad shit. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I would kind of pick my spots, I especially if I came in and like blew a play up or, you know, got to have a nice hit on somebody, I'd be like, oh, not so slow on that play, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you throw a little, you know, little little daggers in there here and there, but I, I wasn't one to sit there and chirp all game for sure. I got you. Hey, uh, you know, every once in a while, what goes around comes around, right? Like, that's what I always say. Like, you're going to get God eventually. Somebody going to get you and you're going to get, you know, you're going to hopefully get somebody. So, so I got, uh, I got, I, I gave up a touchdown in the championship game and I hadn't given one up that entire season. And this guy, he, he jumped, it was a spectacular catch, but he jumped, he was able to get it one handed and the way I boxed him out allowed him to just land in bounds and fall out. And like, I was so mad the rest of the game. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody that even came my way, I was hitting them. I was just like, you know what? It plays not coming my way. There's a guy in front of me. And I'm putting my helmet on. Him. Hey, there you go. <laughs> what do you what make you of the uh, rules in the NFL for your guy that played? I mean, a little different rules, but obviously the rules have tailored to uh, offensive side. What do you make of that? Yeah, I mean, so from a player safety standpoint, like I get some of them for sure, uh, not leading with your helmet. Um, you know, it, that's something that's very different than what we were taught, right? We were taught head between the numbers, wrap up, drive them to the ground. And there's still no better sound than a receiver hitting the ground with your helmet just under their pads. <laughs> and it's awesome to hear them go, and it's also awesome to hear the stadium go, oh, right? But from a player safety standpoint, it makes total sense why they eliminated that style hitting. Um, obviously, both players can get very hurt. But some of it, you know, I don't like, um, you know, like changing the kickoff so that they don't hardly ever get returned. I'm not a fan of that. I always liked being on kickoff um, because no matter how long I played, I always had a little bit of um, just anxious energy at kickoff. So I wanted to be on any special teams that started the game because I wanted to be able to go run down, hit somebody, now I'm ready to play. And so if if everything is a touchback now, I mean, yeah, you run down there, but that, that wouldn't have done what I needed it to do. <laughs> you need to put your hands on somebody. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, no, so it, uh, some, of the, some of the rule changes absolutely make sense. Some of them you're just like, man, like, let them play, right? Like the, the, the defenseless receiver, that, that was a huge thing, right? Was yeah. if you wanted to cross the middle, you had to earn that catch, right? Like you were going to cross in front of a Ed Reed or a, you know, Ray Lewis or somebody that's going to come out and, James Harrison, you, know, and you know, somebody like that. Yeah. Or Palomalu, or, I mean, yeah. someone's going to come up and clean you up. And so those hits don't exist anymore. I mean, you basically have to, let them catch it, kind of two-hand touch them, then sort of wrestle them to the ground. Uh, otherwise, it's a – there's almost not a way to get your helmet all the way out of the way in a crossing route like that. So it, I, I don't like those kind of rules. But, you know, again, if they're, if they're doing it in 
player safety. I get it. It's already a short career. Yeah. Ever have a chance to uh, like, you know, kind of a walk on or, or, you know, practice uh, with the, any big leagues? You know, the, the one thing I kind of regret is um, I, I had an offer. I had an invite to go um, up to the CFL and um, my, my ex at the time wasn't, uh, wasn't into it. So I, I didn't go up. But uh, in retrospect, it's like uh, that would have been a pretty cool. That would have been a pretty cool thing to go do. Um, whether or not I would have made the team, who knows? But uh, but it would have been neat to go. You know, try my hand at the right, season. right. So, yeah, try out, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I just got a couple more questions for you, Bo, and then we'll get you out of here. What's your uh, favorite like Seattle sports uh, athlete? Like you know, from all, all over, all the sports. Um. So I mean. In, in football, you know, it, it would have been, uh, as a kid, it would have been Steve Largent for sure. Um, older, uh, again, defensive guy. I love the way Cam Chancellor would come and just blast people. Like that, every time I'd see him go just destroy somebody on the field, I'm like, yeah, that, that's what you're supposed to do out there. Um, and then, you know, when it, like baseball, it'd either be uh, Griffey or Edgar Martinez, right? Um, basketball i mean you got peyton and kemp i mean amazing duo there uh so i mean you know per sport like there's always a couple of guys king griffey jr is the sweetest swing i ever seen in my life i to, i i think he's the i think he's the greatest baseball player of all time at least in my 36 years of living I, that's that's uh, my vote yeah i mean that that swing was no joke and then of course you know i i got to watch uh i got to watch him play in the kingdom right and if if you'd never been in the kingdom, everybody talks about how loud the Seahawks stadium is, like Lumen Field, right? The kingdom was so much louder, and it was so big. Um, so Tacoma has another dome, right? It's another stadium, and they do, like, Monster Jam and stuff. That entire stadium would fit inside the kingdom is how big that, that building was. It was absolutely insane, and it got so loud. Um, in fact, as a kid watching the the Seahawks, we would get penalized because of the decibel level. Uh, the ref would come out, throw a flag, unsportsmanlike conduct by the fans, which is amazing, <laughs> and then for being loud. So what's that going to do with the, to a fan base? Yeah, we're going to get louder. Yeah, it's only gonna make us it's only gonna make us angrier. Absolutely. It's like, okay, you you thought that was loud? Cool. <laughs> so you know, I'm glad that that's not a, a, a flag anymore, but that that stadium was probably the loudest stadium I've ever been in. Yeah, uh I, I Griffey though, like to me, like like I said, the last 36 years, that swing. If he never got hurt, like I just say, if he never got hurt, I, he'd probably be the all-time home run leader. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I mean, just with all the injuries he had, he still had over 500 home runs. I mean, the the dude was an absolute stud. And yeah, that swing was insane. I mean, as a kid, you're out there in your backyard, like trying to mimic that swing. Yeah, you got the hat backwards, right? And you can't do it. And it, it, the fact that he was a lefty too, lefties just have a, I think a more natural, sweeter swing than a right-hander. And then his swing was just, I mean, pure as gold. Oh, it was it was so pretty. 
Like there was nothing you could do to replicate it, but you were just like, oh man, I need to, I need to figure it <laughs> out. <laughs> exactly. Uh, do you have a favorite uh, moment? Is it the Seahawks winning the Super Bowl? Is that your favorite moment in, in sports, you know, Seattle sports, or do you got a different highlight mo- like moment that you love? So I always host Super Bowl parties and I had some Denver fans there for it. So that was definitely my favorite because, because I may not have talked a lot of shit on the field, but as a fan, I talk a lot. You of- couldn't really talk a whole lot of shit in that game after the first quarter was over. You could have shut it off at, at halftime. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we weren't really talking a lot after that, but it, uh, it was still kind of fun to throw a little jab here and there, but yeah, I mean, you, you were pretty quiet, but that was a three hour clinic of how to just beat someone down. Yeah. Absolute <laughs> beat bully ball. That's where that game was. Absolutely. Uh, who who, who you play? Play? Is it Russ? Is it uh, Pete Carroll? Whose fault is it that the Seahawks didn't get two Super Bowl rings? So uh, honestly, it, it, cause I, I believe that was the demise of that team. That, that one yard play. Yeah. Demise of, of, uh, of the Seahawks. So, the thing is, is I, I actually, I liked the play call. Uh, the execution wasn't great, but I liked the play call because they had one timeout. So you figure you throw incomplete, right? You're, you're figuring worst case scenario, it's an incomplete pass. You give it to Marshawn Lynch, jam it up the middle. If it doesn't go, you have your timeout. You still have fourth down. The play call made sense. The throw actually wasn't a horrible throw. I mean, the ending wasn't great. It was a great play, but what really was the biggest thing was the rub route never hit that safety. So if that rub route would have hit the safety the way it was supposed to, it probably would have been an incomplete pass because he still made a great break on the ball. But the fact that that rub route didn't actually hit the safety, he was able to come up, make that play. So it was actually more of an issue from the receiving core than anything else. Marshall, the way Marshawn Lynch explains it is that uh, I watched an interview with him. He said his, his contract was ending. Yep. Russ, they wanted Russ to kind of be the new, you know, we're going to be a, kind of be the next guy. So why not let Russ be the hero? instead of Marshawn being the hero and just getting the ball and, and punching it in. And I felt like everybody wanted Marshawn to get the ball on the team outside of maybe Russ and Pete Carroll. Uh, I, do you agree with what kind of what uh, Marshawn said there? Well, yeah. I mean, you definitely got the feel that they wanted to get Russ the, the MVP of that game. So, I mean, I agree with that. The only thing is, is, if you look at uh, if you look at the stats, Marshawn Lynch didn't actually win those one yard contests most of the season. So I don't know if it was you know any kind of conspiracy against him to try and get Russ the thing. It's just if you don't get it, you use your timeout there. You try it again and you don't get it. You're out of time. You don't get to run your fourth down play. So. I mean, there's a lot of ways to look at it because now we've had, you know, almost a half decade of yeah, yeah to look at look back at it, yeah. So, but I mean, when you look at it just on its fa- on face value, it was second with one timeout, running out of time, 
it, it made sense to do a pass play. Uh, and usually a slant is a really safe play, right? It's either caught or it's deflected and it's incomplete. So I, again, I, I didn't hate the play call, but I definitely get the conspiracy theories that, you know, were get Russ the MVP. And I mean, there probably is some truth to it, right? I mean, you guys win that. You guys might be a dynasty because uh, then all the egos are checked, still checked at the door, right? Like uh, it seemed like after that, everybody started pointing fingers and they just were still stuck in that one yard line. And now I've had to rebuild. What do you got? I know it's early, so let's just go ahead. What do you got before we get out of here? Make your predictions here on the Seattle Seahawks, uh, you know, season. Uh, here we are, April 16th. So make the super duper early prediction on the uh, Seahawks. What are you thinking this year is going to be? Yeah, so I think they're going to win one more game than they did last year. I think they'll be a 10-7 and 7 team uh, and be a wild card team. I think, uh, I think the Niners are the better team. Obviously, they need to figure out what they're doing at quarterback, um, and they also need to figure out how to protect a quarterback so they don't have their running back, you know, trying to throw the ball in the playoff. <laughs> but, you know, I, I figure they are probably still the team to beat. If they have any kind of competent quarterback play, the rest of that team is absolutely stacked. It is. And then they added the, the more defense. Uh, they got the Eagles defensive tackle, who's an absolute stud. The rich got richer there. Uh, Bo, what do you got going on the rest of this week, and where can we find you at, brother? All right. So you can find me on my channel, which is Let's uh, <laughs> It's just football talk. And then you can also see me on Let's Talk Sports. Uh, tomorrow morning, I have the Monday Morning Mariners show. Um, Tuesday, is uh, a show called Between the Lines. I'm talking to an ex-Seagal. And then uh, Friday, I do Blue Friday, Hawk Talk, and uh, we go over everything. Um, I actually do send out an invite for people to send me their questions and theories all week, and then I give you my take on those on Friday mornings. So uh, that, that's a fun segment for sure, because then there, there's some pretty wild ones that come through, um, like, just like bizarre conspiracy st type stuff. Like did Russ sandbag the entire year to help the Seahawks out? <laughs> I don't think so. I think he wanted to stick it to the Seahawks and yeah. it didn't work out. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so those are, uh, those are some of the things. There's a Twitter space on Wednesday as well. So uh, lots, lots of stuff, but uh, all of them are available on the let's talk sport next uh, network. Hey, well, Bo, I appreciate you joining us. Everybody, uh, make sure you guys check out Bo. Uh, awesome network, especially obviously your Seahawks and Mariners fan. Uh, please check out Bo's stuff, putting out great content. This has been another great episode of the Bodkin Show, folks. I am that dude Bodkins for Bo. You guys know what to do. Like, subscribe, share, be a friend, tell a friend. I'm going to hit that outro, baby. We're going to get out of here. Have a good rest of the week, and we'll see you. I'll be back tomorrow night, 8.30 Central, Bodkin. Me and Tanner holding it down, talking hockey, talking basketball. God knows what else we're going to talk about. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow night, 30 Central. Be a friend. Tell a friend. See you then.